floating like butterflies and stinging like bees. Rumble, you badass jet pilots, rumble. Welcome to the Wingman Show. I'm Drew Brown. We're here to inspire, entertain, and learn so we can all grow. Happiness and serenity are the keys. To you, my, my friend, my wingman, my main man, I'd like to introduce to you Dr. Paul Thompson. Hey, Paul. Good morning, Mr. Drew. Ladies and gentlemen, you've just heard from the one and only Drew Brown, Dark Gable, the American dream. He's the man, the myth, the legend. He's the pilot's pilot, the role model's role model, and most importantly, his royal fullness. Thank you for listening to the podcast, looking at the podcast. And if you could, please remember to like, share, and subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button. We would appreciate it. I'm doing very good this morning, Mr. Drew. How are you? I'm doing great. You ready to start this show? I'm ready. All right. We'll check this out. Hey, Paul, remember my father's documentary, Bundini? Yeah, I do. Right. And for anybody who doesn't know, Bundini, who's my dad, trained Muhammad Ali through his whole career. So anyway, the update is not good. The people who were going to do the documentary saw a little 20 minute documentary that was done before we got into the deal. And they said it might be hard to sell during the time that this little documentary was being put out there because it was like in a couple of film festivals, which I thought was perfect for the big documentary. You know, I'm looking for epic. I'm looking for Oscar. I'm not looking for a 20 minute documentary. So that didn't scare me. But that's the update on the documentary. So I'm going to put it in Shorty's hands and. Whatever will be, will be. If I don't do the, the movie or the big documentary, maybe my kids will, or maybe Angel will. So my granddaughter. So anyway, that's the update. Now, how about this? Last show, we also talked about these Bezos and Branson, these billionaires who are going into space. And it sounds like men measuring their you know what? It's like they pulled out their rollers because one went 65 feet higher. So that's what billionaires are doing, Paul. You watched it. What do you think about it? I, I, I thought it was uh, it was interesting. I watched the whole Virgin Galactic thing. Uh, who went higher? That's interesting. You talk about measurement. Well, they're 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 kind of right in a way. Who went higher? What make what difference does it make? Now this is this is an argument amongst billionaires. Who went into outer space and who really didn't? Uh, maybe Bezos did. I think they both did. But have you ever heard of something called the Carmen line? K-A-R-M-A-N? No, I believe that's when you got your doctorate in that year. I did not. <laughs> I did not learn that. No. OK. All right. The Carmen, the Carmen line is a point in the atmosphere that's about 62 miles up above the Earth. Technically, that's where a conventional airplane or aeronautical machine, whatever you want to call it, where there's not enough air for the flight control services to work. That's a point where an airplane stops being an airplane, technically. So you need external rocket power to, to, uh, to move through the sky. There's no, there's no aerodynamics because there's no aero. Uh, wow, that's deep, Paul. You're getting deep. Okay, all right. Yeah, that's, yeah there's, there's, no, there's no quiz on this. Okay, now that's a newer definition. In the older days, in the 60s, there's something called the mesopause. The mesopause was about 50 miles above the earth. And that is the point where meteorites typically burn up. So 
that used to be the point of outer space. So during the Mercury astronaut days, or even before that, when the Air Force is putting stuff up, technically you're an astronaut if you went above 50 miles. So if you say now that astronauts, you got to be 62 miles, some of the earliest astronauts technically would have to get their astronaut wings pulled. So I think, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's by the great by the great Ayatollah, probably. Well, by the Ayatollah, yeah, without right. you know blood and all. So well, it, you know, we talk about billionaires all the time, Paul. Yeah, and how they always are billionaires. Okay, we both of us have money. I'm going to be right out there with you. And this show is not about just problems. I don't like people who call themselves leaders who tell you why you didn't make it, how you didn't make it and who to blame. So, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to just let it out how I made money. First of all, I saw both of my parents who were the greatest people I ever known. I seen them both physically pass away with nothing with physically, with nothing, and their last days were not great because of a financial situation. I was in the Navy. I truly couldn't help. And one thing I learned from them is don't be like me when I'm doing bad. And mm -hmm. so one thing I wasn't going to do was be like that. So I learned from that. My daddy did say that uh, you'd never seen a Wells Fargo truck at a funeral. Well, sure. And that's a true statement. So just to go off base a little bit, whatever money I have, honest to God, my dad also said that he's going to die with a dime in his pocket so somebody could call and pick up the body. Now, obviously, back then, you could put a dime in a payphone. So right now, I mean, my children are probably wealthier than I am. Right now, I'm going to spend everything. I'm going to die with a cell phone on my, on my body so somebody can call and pick up the body. Unless Katrina is still here, and then we'll take care of Katrina. But anyway... Getting back to how I made money, I used to ride the trains in New York, the subways, and you and I talked about this. And I always noticed the wealthier people, because you said this, you could have bums and billionaires on the subway yes. together. Yes. But there was a certain type of man, and he was a white guy, who folded this newspaper up in a certain way that was so cool, and he used to pop it to do it, and they were like in little squares and they had numbers on there and I couldn't see the numbers and I had no idea what they were doing. And I became very interested in that. And they were looking at the stock market. So the reason I have money is because number one, when I joined the United States Navy, somebody told me put 10% of your pay away. Like you never, ever earned it. And every time you get a raise, you continue to make that higher and higher and higher. And it's like you haven't gotten that money. That's number one. Number two, I learned the stock market. Okay. I've made money on Apple. I think I bought Apple when it was 30 something dollars a share. Okay. So you were like, like Forrest Gump in the movie where he invested in a fruit company called Apple. No, I was a black man who studied uh, marketing and I was a man who studied the Wall Street Journal and I was a man who wasn't going to be broke for real. I mean, this is really how I did it. You know, I have bling, too. You see all my bling? And that's what this shirt was bling. I don't wear it anymore. I don't wear my jewelry anymore. One, uh, we did a flight to India and I had my Rolex on, my presidential Rolex, and I was looking out the window with to people who were begging and didn't have a pot to piss in. And I had a goddamn gold watch with diamonds on and it didn't make sense. And I haven't worn it 
since. I mean, you know, maybe a special occasion, but that's beside the point. The point is I studied how to make money and I continue to do it. And I watched my stocks. That's how you make money. You have to learn. And right now I'm sitting pretty. I don't want, and I'm going to say this. I don't want 40 acres in a mule. I went and got 20 acres in a Rolls Royce. Paul, oh. tell them how you made your millions. Well, I don't, I don't really <laughs> can't say I have millions, but I'm not starving. And, you know, pretty much I kind of live fairly simply. Don't have a lot of toys. Don't need a lot of toys. How'd you, you look, do it? Uh, the same thing you did, consistency. You know, I didn't buy a lot of stuff. I just put stuff away. I put stuff away. I put stuff away. A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Accumulated. You know, I was in the Navy. I wasn't making any, any big money at all. In mm-hmm. fact, I had a I had a summer job when I was a college student that paid me like three times as much as what I made the first two years in the Navy until I became a lieutenant. It's just you just didn't make that much. So it's 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 money, it's attitude. And I was young at that time and I wasn't doing anything. I was just spending it and just trying to pay my car note and my insurance. Right. But when I got a family and stuff like that, you know, I had to think a little bit differently. It wasn't just me. I was the only one really working. And I started stuff when my kids were small, so they'd have like a little something. So no one's really has ever had a time when they were desperately searching for a meal. Nobody's nobody's really hungry. And still now I'm not ostentatious. As I've gotten older, I don't I, actually I want less stuff, not more. Yeah, I mean, how many how many cars can you drive at the same time? You know, how many, you know, it's got, I got 27 Rolls Royces and 50 jets. How many can you fly at the same time? You know. Eh, how much is basically how much is enough? And I feel well, I feel pretty good. I'm getting wealthier by the minute because I really truly don't want anything else. Right. I'm very, very satisfied, yeah. actually. And I thank God every day. I am so grateful. But I will say this, both of us, it started off with getting a college education. Yes. No doubt about that. That's the beginning. So you can't skip to all those other things I'm talking about. You not it's not just a college education. You have to have purpose. And if you do something well, you'll make money doing it. It's what you do with that money. How many people, Paul, have we seen with millions and millions that are broke now because they had no idea what to do? They got a million dollars and bought a two hundred thousand dollar watch. Okay, doesn't make sense. Doesn't make common sense for two million dollars. You put it in the stock market. You probably could make. $150,000 a year for life. Right. And you take that part, what you just said, and you buy that bling that you have around your neck. You don't just buy the bling. That's not an investment. That's a toy. There's a difference between investments and toys. Get your toys. Make your investment. Pay for your toys. That's That's right. Well, let's jump. Let's jump to this vaccine. This is freaking freaking me out now because these idiots are now causing us to start wearing masks. See, their inability to think correctly has now affected us. And I'm going to say this and I'm going to say it as nicely as I can. When people say you can't make me do anything, that's a lie because you can't smoke in restaurants anymore. You can't hardly smoke anywhere anymore. And they made that a law. And nobody walked around with cigarettes going in a restaurant saying, I'm free. I can do what I want. This is a health hazard. And people who are dying are not vaccinated. How much clearer can we get, Paul? Well, the uh, COVID the Delta variant apparently is everywhere. And rates are skyrocketing everywhere. Poor countries, rich countries. 
In the U.S., again, I say you've got this oppositional thing, and they made the COVID a political deal, which is really a manipulation of ignorant people. It's a manipulation of ignorance with with consequences that uh, hurt everybody. You know, I got my shots. I have my mask. I don't like. In fact, I, I got I got fifty new masks came a couple of days ago. I don't like any of them, but I'm going to wear them. I'm going to wear them when I'm close to other people. When I'm outside, no, I don't have it, and I got my shots. But I'm not crazy. When I go into a store, I put it on. I don't like doing it, but I'll, I'll do it. A lot of stuff I don't like doing. It. Hopefully, it's not forever. But it looks like a lot of folks. You know, have to got to do it. I think in uh, California and some other places, maybe the red state. I'm not this red state, blue state nonsense. You know, you either get sense or you don't. If you're oppositional all the time, you're going to oppose everything. Uh, if you want to have a death wish, don't do it. The uh, basketball player uh, Derek Rose plays for the Knicks, a very you know an elite athlete. He got COVID. He said it was nothing like he'd ever experienced before. He was on his butt. There's oh yeah, that, I mean a lot of people are dying right now. A few months ago, yeah, and this is a Delta variant that has different symptoms. They say than the original. And if the COVID-19 continues, it then will split again into another variant that we don't know. And soon yeah. it's going to get into a variant where the vaccinations don't work again. And we're going right back into the circle. Right. So that whole smoking thing, I know they can make rules of that. But how about this? Look what it has affected. How about the Olympics, Paul? First of all, they're saying the 2020 Olympics in 2021. I don't understand that at all. But let it be. But yeah. the Olympics, it has really. Could you imagine the finest moment in your life and going into a hotel and you can't get out of the hotel? They say you can walk around for 15 minutes a day outside. The Olympic Village used to be the coolest thing an Olympic athlete could do. The coolest thing. They meet athletes from all over the world. And now they're all secluded into their hotel rooms and people are dropping like flies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's kind of rough. He said they can go out for 15 minutes. That sounds like the exercise yard of the prison. You know, that's that's uh, that's unfortunate. And then they got to perform in front of like nobody. I guess they're in their their bubble, like the NBA bubble. Uh, that kind of worked out last year. This is a tough time. And then a bunch of them are testing positive for COVID-19 now inside the bubble. Uh, incredible I'll, I'll watch some of it but uh I, I feel sorry for him yeah it's a shame but hopefully people will wake up if you did have not gotten your vaccine i'm asking you to please get one and if it's not for me and dr paul it's for your family and for your fellow human beings so sports 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 olympics olympics how about this brother giannis antetokounmpo oh you pronounced your name, name well. you saw how good i said it yeah say it Only again when he first came in, I just called him Giannis because I didn't want to really learn that name. And now I can say it perfectly. That boy is super bad. I will predict this. If he ever learns to shoot the three and he shot very good foul shots, he's the next LeBron. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's been happening. It's been coming the last couple of years. I mean, his, his performance in game six was for the record books. He's up there with everybody. You know? I can't, yeah. I can't criticize him. It would be nice if Chris Paul had gotten his ring. I agree, but that was that was a better team. He's such a nice guy when he's interviewed. He's humble. He's so good. He has his brothers on the team. Yeah, I think two other brothers are in the NBA. It's yeah. one of those things. Yeah, if you want me, you got to take him. 
Yeah, okay, those, are no the, problem. The, the, those are the older brothers. They're older brothers. He's the youngest, right. I think, of the three. Yeah. And I'm not putting them down. I don't know if they, they, I'm sure they can play. If you're in the NBA, first of all, this is the truth. When they're hitting three-pointers and you're going, damn, that's good. Damn, that's good. These are professionals. They shoot a thousand shots a day sometimes. They are really, really good. They are really good. And from the basketball, you know, I was a globetrotter for mm-hmm. one day. <laughs> yeah, one day with Metal Arc Lemon and, and, Curry, and Neil got, and the whole crew. Right. I made the team. And the next day I got cut because Muhammad Ali called and kept asking about me. And they felt a little threatened, whatever. I really thought that Shorty made a bad move that time, but it was the greatest move again in my life because one of my friends went with them. And when they say Harlem Globetrotters in Rome, well, they don't get to see Rome. They're playing three games. And then the next day they're playing three games somewhere else. So it's a very, very hard life. And if you notice, there's no famous Globetrotters anymore because I think there's three teams now. They can go all over the country. All you need is black guys with stripes that can play ball and can do tricks. How many of the Harlem Globetrotters have ever been from Harlem? Aside from me, I have no idea. Yeah. I think it's How about the one. Generals? How about who they play? The New Jersey they Generals. Eat every night. What is your self-esteem? Right. Anyway, the reason I told you I was a Globetrotter for one day is because I love basketball. I went to college. I got a scholarship. I was the captain at Southern University in New Orleans. So I played basketball. Well, I just built the guest house. As you know, we've been, you and I have been talking about it. And the guest house has a cement slab that is now going to be a half court NBA style. And I actually went and got the biggest backboard they make. The actual, I think it's seven by five NBA backboard. So it's going to be a professional board. And then I went to this company called Bursa Court. And I'm going to have that beautiful. I'll show some pictures if you're watching it on YouTube. I'm going to have that beautiful tile down. Now, most companies, to be honest with you, the ones I was checking out were asking for 15 grand, but they were also saying, yeah, this is the court Michael Jordan has. This is that this company. The funny thing is you got to do it yourself. So they actually paint all the tiles. They give you instructions. And so I'm asking you on the air, will you come over and help me? Because we got to put the tiles in place. But anyway, versa court. And I'll let I'll let everybody know. And I said that for a reason, because Paul and I, you know, one day, hopefully, you know, have sponsors. And if we do sponsor something, I give you my word. I won't ever tell you about anything that I don't approve of or doesn't work. Well, that's good. That's good. And we'll have to try to put some uh, uh, information on that and on our new website, wingmanshow.com. Now we have a website. It's up W I N G M E N S H O W.com. It's up. Take a look at it. Uh, you can look at all the episodes there and uh, everything else we put out. We'll have a newsletter, we'll have good information, different things, easy to look at, wingmanshow.com. Great, Paul. How about when we first saw it? I said two words a lot of times, and one of them was holy. That's right. how good it looked. Yeah, We are very excited about that website. And we actually have a link on there. That if you want to get an education, a GED, or you want to get your doctorate, or you want to just learn things, we have a link on there for different courses and different places that have education. You want to talk about that just for a second, Paul? Yeah, that's a that's everything that goes by links now, and we'll try to update that information and give you the most recent stuff, the most relevant things to help you get 
you know, get a good start. There's a lot of good, there's a lot of junk out there. There's a lot of good stuff too. Some of it's expensive and some of it's not expensive at all. Some of it's really, really, really cheap and effective. So the goal is to do something to help people, to uplift them. A lot of shows you'll look at and they complain and I don't like this. I don't like that. And the host is, 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 is a curmudgeon and good at insulting people and, and you you know their likes and their dislikes and don't call my show. And I can't listen to stuff like that. I no. want something that's going to help and be assistant. Uh, you know, a few put downs and jokes now and then are okay, but not all the time where, you know, the guy, you know, or the lady, you know, they look like they just need to go have a good bowel movement or something. That's that's nobody wants to see that. They like to see like your your dog and things like that. Other other pleasant deals, you know, not all this hate. So we try to put out good, useful information. And if you want the hate, go somewhere else. There's plenty of it. Yeah, we're about hope. And and first of all, all those links to education, there is something that you have to do with it. And that's work hard at it. No matter you can get any link you want. You actually have to study. You have to read. You have to spend some time. And all these things that we talk about are very possible because we did it, you know, and I'd rather not tell you what to do. I'd rather tell you things that I did. You know, I flunked out of college my first year, Paul, but I love college so much. I just went back to a community college, brought in my high school transcripts and did it again. It doesn't yeah. matter. Okay. I love college. And that's another thing. If you're young and you're thinking about going to college or not going if you were my children, you wouldn't have that choice. Mm-hmm. I think giving a child a choice to further their education at the dumbest year in their life, which is 16, 17, 18 dumbest years, is the craziest thing I ever heard of. And right. they, you know what kind of people that breeds? The kind of people that storm the Capitol, our capital, the United States, storm it, break in, people were killed, people were hurt, and he got eight months the first sentence and i will tell you this there are children from the ghettos and children from low income no matter black brown white yellow i don't care what color their lives have been ruined because they sold marijuana their lives have been ruined because they were getting five and ten years for selling weed and this guy storms the capital and gets eight months well if you ever didn't understand what systemic racism is There's your example. I'm going to tell Webster to put that picture of that dude, eight months storm capital under what is systemic racism? No, eight months. I was surprised to see that. I think they were going for 18 months, but there's just just a disparity in in sentencing for a lot of things. Depends on who you know. Uh, And sometimes the government makes deals. I, I won't mention the name, but there was a very famous mafia hitman that killed 19 people, never did a day in jail, never did a day. in Well, actually did days in jail, but not for that. <laughs> you know, he had information that, that they wanted. They took the information. He got, he was, he was free, but he went to jail for other things. He got too happy and got back to his old habits. Uh, eight months, you know, there people go out of aircraft carriers for, for that length of time or longer. I wouldn't want to go to jail for eight minutes, but the fact that you can do something and not spend years and years and years in prison is, is, is tremendous. I think that's going to be the average. I think that's going to be the average. I think, uh, you know, most of those folks will, will basically get a slap on a wrist, maybe slap on both wrists. That's going to be about the extent of it. 
because well, of- I think their prison comes every day of their lives, the way these people look and the way they live. I think they live in prison. They're broke. They're poor. They're uneducated. And I feel sorry for them. And you know why? Because they don't know about our book club, the Dr. Paul or the Wingman Show's book club. And this show, the book is called The Way to Love by Anthony DeMello. It is a life changer. And like Paul said, it's a small book. It's not very large. It's not war and peace. Don't get scared. Don't get scared. If I'm telling you, this is a life changer. It's just a different way to look at life. And if you're open-minded and you change, you know, stop being so stringent, be honest, open-minded and willing to change. That's when I started to make a change. When I kept realizing that I was not right all the time. Paul. Do you want to ask me about my little scary airplane? I was about to do that. Because last time you asked me about a scary time in an airplane, you know, what kind of scary times you have in the airplane? What's, what, what, what thing stands out in your mind in your aviation career that wasn't so great? I was scared 183 times enough to wet my pants almost, but I didn't do it every time I had a night landing. Let's get that straight from the beginning. I do make a statement that every time you do something and you do it more and more and more, you get better and you get better and you get better. That first one was scary as hell. And that last one, I think, was even scarier because I knew I wasn't going to make any more after this one. Mm -hmm. But my scariest moment, one moment came on a night cat shot. An A6. Now, what is it? What is it? What is it? What is a cat? What is a cat? I have a cat. On the USS Nimitz, they have catapults. Oh. And these catapults from a nuclear carrier are no joke. The heavier you are, the harder you get hit. You go from zero to 130 miles in 2.3 seconds. It's for real. Forget Disney World. Okay. This is the real thing. Anyway, I was full of gas because I was the last night tanker. You say you're full of gas? <laughs> okay, I, I just want to make sure you said it. I bet fuel. you. Okay, fuel. fuel. I okay. was full of fuel. Because I gas. go up there, because not only did we carry bombs, but we could carry big fuel tanks and we could uh, refuel in the air. So I was the last plane out. Mm-hmm. I'm on the catapult. I know it's going to be a big shot. I know it's going to be scary. I can't see a damn thing but flashlights. But there's a certain movement of that flashlight, and I give a salute, and they know, and boom! You turn your lights on. Here I go. Paul, at the end of the cat shot, when I knew I was flying, I had a full electrical failure. A full electrical failure. Not only was it black outside, now it's black inside. It's so scary that you can't be scared. So... I'm going to explain a couple things. The one thing I know, I come from Harlem, Jack, and I'm going to stay alive. My hand was on the stick at an angle that we were flying. I know that. Mm -hmm. My hand was on the throttle at full. And if I could have broke it, I probably would have. So I knew those two things for sure. I knew that for sure, that if I didn't move this hand, we would be flying. There is something called a rat, a ram air turbine. And it sits next to, in the A6 intruder, it's next to the pilot's seat, a little handle 
that you've got to reach down and pull. And then a little propeller pops up and you get generated electricity. Okay. No communication, nothing. I know he was saying, when is this dude going to pull the rat? I heard that when people pull the rat, they push the stick down. And if you push the stick down where I was, I was going to die. So I had to think about lights or life. And I picked life. Paul Thompson, we were at 10,000 feet when I pulled that damn rat. <laughs> right, 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 right. We climbed for a long time. Well, that's that's. I'm glad you made it out, and it worked. You got you got some electrics back. Yes, I got them. All, yeah, no, I didn't get them all back. I got oh. them back enough to dump my gas and come back and land. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, night having something bad happen on a night cat shot is not good. I had that ha- something similar once. Not everything, but the uh, the, the primary instruments failed. Right Go ahead. Tell us about it real quick, how you felt and what happened. Oh, and, you know, it's funny you say that. In fact, it also involved being a tanker because we could be a tanker, too. And it was somewhere in the Indian Ocean. And there was so S3. you were full of gas. Yeah, I was actually I was full of gas. It was OK, I'll admit it. I was full of gas. Not as much as you, but plenty. <laughs> anyway, true. it was, uh, you know, it was like the end of the thing. And I'm sitting there watching a the movie and the call comes down and said, we need a tanker in the air and the A6 tankers. We're down. They're all down. I think we have one or two that were still up. And they said uh, there was an S3 that was coming back from Diego Garcia, bringing in mail or supplies or something. We're in the Indian Ocean. S3 is a submarine hunter. It's a submarine hunter. Yeah. And uh, they were they were doing something else, but they could carry some stuff. So they're, you know, we're in the middle of the ocean, nowhere, and they're coming back, and they're low on gas, really low, apparently. They said they need someone to go out and meet them. And I was the only one sitting there that was in flight gear when else was changed. So I said, okay, you go, you know, so, okay, fine. I got a quick brief and the airplane was ready, jumped in, everything's set to go. It was a nice night. It was, it was a, it was a nice night. And uh, got shot off the front end many times, pitch black. And right at the time, my uh, primary navigation instrument poof, just went away. It's gone. Everything else is working fine. Right. But in terms of navigation, Gone. There is none. There's whatever I can remember. It's pitch black in the middle of the ocean. So right. I go and the radio's working fine. I tell them about it, but they needed the gas. I said, well, just they knew they had them on radar. They were like three, 300 miles away. I said, well, we'll just head to each other and we'll meet. And uh, so you completed the mission. I rendezvoused with them at radar control and uh, we saw each other and they got their gas and we headed back to the ship. And I asked them, okay, uh, you know, because they were going towards the ship anyway. So I stayed with them. Can well, I they, follow you? Yeah, they say, is this a good course? I don't know where I'm going. They say, yeah, because I had a, I was keeping it in my mind, writing down, okay, I'm flying this heading for such, such time. I had a rough idea where I was. But that ship is really, really tiny. It's really, oh, really boy. tiny, even in the daytime. So anyway, we got back and I asked them for a favor. They said, thanks for helping us out. And I said, yeah, can you uh, can you lead me back to the ship? I got nothing. And they, and they, they set me up for a nice straight in. And, and that was, you know that what was, you were, Paul? You what? know what you were? You what? were a good wingman. You were a good wingman right oh, there. Yeah. And then they became good wingmen to you. Oh, yeah. They were happy to get that gas. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think they oh, might have God. Been. I know that feeling when you're running out of gas at night and you got to go get gas. That's another feeling that yeah, we, yeah. we'll talk about one day. But wingmen. I want to tell you my wingman story. I have, you know, I have all these great things. 
I've had up to six Great Danes at one time. And I feed my dogs raw chicken because that's what they used to eat. I give them a little bit of kibble, but I feed them raw chicken necks. Anyway, so I've always become friendly with the people at Food Depot, the meat department. The wingman that I want to talk about is a guy called George Williams, who's one of the finest guys I've ever known. And the reason we kind of clicked right away is he's wearing a Giants cap, Paul. He was wearing a New York Giants cap. And through the whole pandemic, that's all he had on was a Giants mask. So he had my heart from the beginning. But this guy works so hard, and he's the manager of the entire um, department back there. And I hope the people that he works for appreciate how hard he works. He's going to make it. He has made it. And he's just such a solid guy, and he loves our podcast. He's the one who told me that the only thing wrong with your podcast is that it's not longer. So that's kind of a compliment. That's good. That's good. That's good. Well, George, thanks a lot. Uh, we may not make them longer, but we'll make plenty of them. And remember, you can always go to YouTube or your podcast platform or the wingmanshow.com, W-I-N-G-M-E-N-S-H-O-W.com. And you can look at the episodes again and again and again. Thanks, Paul. Wingmanshow.com. Come visit us. I love you, Paul. Thanks for doing the show. Thanks for having me on. And ladies and gentlemen, please remember to like, share, and subscribe. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button. We'd appreciate it. 100%. We hope you enjoyed our show. We truly thank you for your time. It's our most valuable commodity. So we're still floating like butterflies and stinging like bees. Rumble, you badass jet pilots, rumble. Dr. Paul Thompson, Drew Brown. We both say goodbye. See you guys later. All right. Goodbye. Bye-bye.